welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing GIS in healthcare. That's geographic information system mapping. It's all the maps, overlaying data, et cetera. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. So Colin, we've had maps for a while, but do you remember printing out all those MapQuest maps when you'd go somewhere? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's actually pretty funny. Brittany and I were talking about that as we were driving down to our conference in Boston. They were like, oh, yeah, remember the old days? We had to print out those directions and you had to watch your odometer to make sure you had the right number of miles before you'd make the right turn and the exit yeah. numbers and everything. Yeah, I remember those days. It's funny because our kids are going to just take for granted the fact that the entire world is like mapped, which right. is pretty amazing i mean i remember i was in jordan one time and the person who was taking us to this party was lost and we knew that it was across the street from an elementary school so sure enough on my cell phone with a local sim card i searched for the elementary and did it and i showed it to him and he's like okay (laughs) it was like really that's amazing (laughs) it is mapping has definitely come a long way so I mean, GIS, you know, John, you know, how would you describe it for someone who may not be familiar with the technology? Yeah. So, I mean, I I think most people look at GIS and think maps, which certainly the maps and maps data is a core element of GIS. Uh, But as I learned from the Esri Health Conference that I attended, uh, there's a lot more to GIS than just maps. And and often it has to do with all the data you can overlay on the maps. And it's the data being identified on a map or region or to a specific population that then can be uh, applied to the map. So, you know, it's that's how I look at it is it's applying the data on top of the maps. I think, you know, when I heard the keynote at the Esri event, they talked about the millions of servers that are pushing out GIS data. Like it's, it's fascinating to think about, a little bit scary maybe too, <laughs> that there's that much data tracking us. But I mean, it's, it's just so powerful. How would you uh, define GIS? Yeah, I, I think it's, for me, I mean, I, I go back to the, you know, the acronym, right? It's geospatial uh, information. So, you know, yes, that means when you talk about geospatial, it, it obviously has to do with a map, but it's not just a topographical map, right? GIS can be used in a number of different ways, like in the mining industries, right? Under mapping things underground, atmospheric geospatial data, right? To map things in certain uh, bands of the atmosphere. Um, but for the purposes of healthcare, yeah, it pretty much means you know, what you think it means in terms of looking at a map, a topography of your community or region or a state, and then plotting information on top of it. And, and I don't mean just like location of hospitals and location of like clinics and things. That's sort of the basic GPS use of GIS, but more of, oh, like, hey, there's a cohort of patients that live in this zone, right? Here's a whole region and a catchment area. Let's map the catchment areas and things like that. So we'll get more into use cases later. But to me, you're right. It is more about overlaying information on top of geography. Yeah. And I think there's a couple interesting things. One is the, you know, they're now doing it with buildings, 
Mm-hmm. So imagine an entire building being mapped essentially you know, with GIS like technology to be able to track what's in there, to track where various, you know, items, supplies, et cetera, are stored in a healthcare organization. I mean, that's really fascinating to do that on the building level, not just the, you know, satellites in the atmosphere that are mapping the world. Right. So I think that's the next step. <clears throat> the other thing that was interesting to me is how much more involved it's gotten. You know, it's not just, hey, let me put some data on top of the map. It's often, let me put data on top of a map or two sources of data on top of a map or three or whatever, right? And then find some holes in pockets. And then when I find the holes in pockets or some centralization of some activity, and then I take that and I say, okay, I see a problem here. Now let's use GIS data to target them with marketing. And the way I can do that is I can know using the GIS data from a second source (laughs) to understand that hole in that pocket better so that I can communicate with them effectively. So if you see a hole and you realize, oh, that's largely a Hispanic population and that they're upper middle class and that they, et cetera, et cetera, right? Then, and you know, that they like to eat at IHOP and they, (laughs) whatever, right? Like you can use all of the GIS data from a second source to understand the, a very specific population that you identified in the first. So it's almost becoming this multi-step process. And I think that's also one of the things that's key to GIS is that it's not just throw it on the map and good luck. It's what's your process for using all this data. Right, right. No, I love it. I'm a, as you know, I'm a big fan of GIS, have been for a while, was totally jealous and experiencing FOMO when you got a chance to go to the Esri uh, conference and, and I unfortunately couldn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is, you're right. It, the, the, num- the amount of data that you can now overlay and the type of data that you can overlay onto uh, maps has gotten so much more broad. And because of that, you're right. I mean, you can now do some really interesting analysis of, you know, while using the geospatial data from multiple sources and, you know, using one source to identify an opportunity, using another source to learn how to address that opportunity. Uh, it is just completely fascinating. Yeah, which we talked leads- a little bit about this on previous episodes that the most exciting things in healthcare are often when you overlay two or more technologies or two or more data sets. And that's what we're seeing in the GIS space. Like, you know, they announced a partnership with LexisNexis, which obviously has tons of data that can overlay and make the data you have much more exciting. Right. So let's talk about that. Like, how should healthcare organizations be approaching GIS? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways to take this question and this this discussion. But the first one that I think is most interesting for me was talking to some of these GIS people. You're like, wow, this could literally be applied to every single organization in a healthcare, you know, provider, hospital, health system, et cetera, that, you know, and, and public health as well. And so then when you look at that, you're like, okay, well, if it can be applied everywhere. <laughs> Who should own the GIS? And you know, I, talking to one person, they they were like, "Yeah, 
That's why you need a GIS office. And it's pretty compelling when you see the number of use cases that are available for this, that yeah, it does make sense to start with a GIS office that's dedicated to this work because it is a very specific work. And they also said something interesting. GIS is a specific subset of data science, which I think if you look at it that way, which I think it's true, you know, it's a, it's a good uh, look at GIS. Yeah, would you put a, you know a bunch of data scientists in another organization? No, you have a data science group, just like you should have a GIS group. Yeah, I mean it's 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 weird and wonderful, right? Because GIS uh, sits, you know, clearly in the realm of IT for me, uh, only because like data analytics, um, like data warehousing, I mean, IT itself doesn't use it. But IT is the person that's as is the group that's putting it all together, making the data normalized, and then making it available back to the clinic clinical departments and the other departments to use the information, right? And yeah. so I think IT is the right um, home for GIS, but they're not the end users of GIS at all, right? And and I like what you said there. Like it, to me, it is part of the data scientist. So if you have sort of a, a data analytics group, a data warehouse group, to me, GIS sits with them. I mean, it makes a natural sense because it, because it can be used in so many wonderful ways. Uh, unfortunately, uh, IT is not the buyer of GIS. And I think this is where we get into the problem of why it may not have been adopted as widely as we think it should have. Uh, and that's because the, the people you think of traditionally who are using this type of information are like the population health people, right? And they, frankly, they don't have a budget for this, right? <laughs> they can't afford to solely fund the GIS component for the organization. Um, a public health organization might, but they've got so many other programs on the go. Like, so, so to me, the, the challenge has always been there weren't enough use cases in the past for GIS. And so it was kind of like this nice to have. But I think now uh, more clinical departments, once they see the power of GIS, hopefully will wake up to it and then push their IT organizations to be, you know, to adopt it for them. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I, I would actually say public health absolutely needs a GIS one. And, you know, we saw that during COVID and they all did become GIS organizations because we all demanded, hey, where's the map and where's the dashboards of all the outbreaks that I need to know about? So, you know, John Hopkins being the, the glowing uh, star <laughs> for most of them, but lots of local community ones did it. The bigger question I have on this is, should the provider organization be working directly with a GIS company or should it be coming in through the other applications that they use? Should the EHR vendor be integrating with the GIS company and then the you know healthcare provider organization uses the HR and the GIS functionality is built in? Or if they're doing an RPM solution, should the RPM vendor integrate the GIS into the solution? So then these provider organizations, the hospitals and health systems benefit from it, they use it, but they're really buying it through their existing vendor relationships. I, you know, to me, the jury's out a little bit on that. Although here's the reality, uh -huh. the RPM, the HR, they could integrate all the GIS in the world that they want. But if you don't have someone who understands the GIS, you know, you, you're not going to get the value out of it that you should. So you still need some GIS uh, knowledgeable people in your organization, even if it's your vendors that are doing the integrations and, and providing the GIS, you know, uh, integration with the data. 
Yeah, I, I think the good news is at least we're having this conversation now. Um, you know, I think a, a few years ago, you had to have a GIS expert in order to use GIS. Yeah. Um, because there's no other way, right? Like there were very, very few um, uh, applications or vendors that had integrated any form of GIS into their products. Um, but I think that's changing, right? And I think that, you know, for some smaller organizations who can't afford this or it is still a nice to have, the good news is that I think vendors are really waking up to this as well and now embedding some of this information and some of this technology into their offerings, right? Yeah. So adding a GIS component to their reporting, or adding a GIS component to their public health, you know, application. Um, so, you know, if you don't have your own dedicated resources or can't afford it, you know, good news is the vendors um, are slowly adopting them. Yeah. Uh, however, to your point, I think if you can have a dedicated resource or two who understands GIS, you're going to get that much more out of it now, right? Like you're going to be able to understand, like use the app the way it is, but then use the data and, and siphon it into a, your own GIS application and then do some even better things with that data by mixing it with some of the other stuff that you have. So yeah. there was a good discussion uh, too with a, I met a programmer who was kind of like, why do we need all this simplification? And he said, you know, one of the themes of the Esri conference was, you know, various organizations that were like, yeah, we didn't know how to do GIS. We're not GIS professionals and we were able to do it. And, you know, Bethlehem uh, City, I think it was, had a great session talking about like, hey, we lost our GIS specialists right. and we just had to like step up and do it. And we were surprised we could do it because the tools have gotten so much better that you don't have to be a programmer. You don't have to be an expert of, <laughs> of, of what it, whatever it might be. And the programmer was talking about that and he's like, why do we need it? You could just program it. And I'm like, yeah, well you can, but most people can't, it's a big learning curve. And so, you know, making this accessible to people because the user interface is easy and you don't need to become a programmer. Sure. You need to understand some of the elements of it and how to, you know, how to merge the data and what it means once you do, but uh, you don't have to get in and actually do the coding because the tools have gotten so much better. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we're discussing healthcare GIS. So, John, let's get into some fun stuff now. Uh, what are some of the interesting healthcare GIS use cases that you've seen? So I actually probably will start with one that's a little on the edge of what we talk about here, but it was so impactful. So I, I just have to talk about it is that it was actually the um, 700,000 white flags that represented the COVID deaths that had happened uh, during, you know, whatever that period was. I think it was like the first six months or something. And now we just topped a million deaths, which is crazy. And so this artist was able to on, you know, on the lawn in Washington, be able to plant these flags. And of course they had to do it in rows. I mean, there was some logistics stuff that was fascinating to hear about. Of course it rained the last day, all this stuff, right? But what they decided to do is they wanted to incorporate the memories of people. And so if you came, you could ride on a flag, but she wanted it to be equitable. And so she pushed it out to anyone to be able to ride it. And then this whole swath of students from, my, I think, uh, 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 Washington, uh, anyway, University in Washington, GW, I think, George Washington, uh, they came and would actually ride it on there. And then they had the idea, they're like, and they use GIS to know where all these people were 
is submitting from, which is really fascinating to see like overlaid on a map, all the people that were impacted by it. And then they went in and said, wait, they can't come and see the flag. And so they had a bunch of students going around with cell phones, taking pictures of the flag, marking it. And it was all geolocated on the, the, on the, uh, lawn there in Washington so they could see. So, I mean, it was really impactful and just reading some of the stories brought it to life and then to see it overlaid on a map of the flag. So you could see that's where the flag for my father was or for my brother and actually see the thing is pretty powerful. And then to see it, the population at large that submitted names of people who had passed away from COVID, you know, it just adds that visual element that's so powerful. And I think is at the core of what makes GIS powerful. It's the visual uh, messaging that can be communicated. They had, there's a person from a, a National Geographic that spoke and she said, yeah, you know, was, they talked about that a picture or a movie, a story can communicate words, you know, and messages in instances rather than having to read a thousand words. That's a very cool use case, um, John. I mean, the, the one that springs to mind for me all the time, of course, is the use of GIS for uh, hospital and healthcare coverage and planning, right? So, you know, you think about um, a county or a hospital system, they can look at the map of the state, right? And plot on there, you know, the different clinics, the different urgent care centers, them at their own facilities, and then kind of map out for each one, like what's the catchment, and yeah. by doing by Starbucks doing that, does it. Why not us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Starbucks does this. Gas stations do this, right? Movie theaters do this. Uh, you know, healthcare should do this, right? And then through that mapping, you're able to identify, wow, we've got excess coverage uh, or excessive coverage in these, these zones. And then we have like these deserts where health, you have healthcare deserts where there's nothing for people living in this zone. And so when you map it out like that, it makes planning much, much easier to say, oh, you know what? We should really put a, a satellite clinic out here, or we should really put, uh, you know, um, a, an urgent care center over here. Right. And then when you layer in you know, to what we're talking about before, when you layer in other sources of data to say, well, what are the, what's the population like living in these zones? Right. Are they, uh, you know, what's their social economic status? Right. Because for example, if they're, um, you know, if, if they, if it's not that far for them to drive and they can drive, well, then maybe that's okay. Right. But if it's in a, if there's a gap in an area where, you know, it, they need most of the people take transit uh, and there's not an easy transit route to get to the existing facilities. Well, then that's a candidate to say, well, you know, we should put a center there. Right. Right. So so I think in terms of planning, uh, it just makes total sense to use GIS, whether you're public health units or whether you're a for profit hospital, just to know in the, your areas how good or not good you're serving your your communities. Yeah. I like the public health examples, and I, I think they're illustrative for the provider organizations and where we're headed in that regard. So there were so many public health examples where they took different public health data, for example, maybe something related to pools or to food or to, to whatever, and they'd find these outbreaks where stuff would be happening. And so then they could send in more inspectors or send in more resources. And, you know, put the public health people were doing this uh, really well. And, it, you know, seeing that visually helps you discover what the problem really is. You know, like, why is it happening in just this one region, but everywhere else is fine. And I think that's a preview of what healthcare 
delivery systems are going to have to do as we move to value-based care because no longer are you just okay how can i drive these service lines that will be profitable for me you need to say okay well we have a diabetes problem in this section which by the way is probably a bad example because we probably have a diabetes problem everywhere but you know let's find that out right or you know and then you can even go that one step deeper, right? Okay. Everyone has a diabetes problem, but these groups are managing it well because they live in places where they have access to insulin and they can afford the insulin, right? In these areas, they're having some issue because they have transportation problems because there's no pharmacies within a certain area, right? I mean, like all of this is possible now with the GIS data that's available. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, examples was was you know it's given by uh, Dr. Este Garrity uh, over at Esri when she was talking about the use of well inspection data as a mm. predictor for ED visits, right? Wow. Like so, you could look at a map uh, with GIS data from the Public Works Department of your city of your county and kind of go, okay, what wells have been inspected and what ones haven't, and there was an, a correlation between the delta of how long a well had gone uninspected and all of a sudden seeing a rise in uh, gastro issues at the local ED, right? And so they were able to build a, a, a link between, hey, like when we don't do the inspections, uh, this is kind of the consequence, right? So this, is, so this is why we need the inspectors. That was one. But second of all, uh, what they were able to show was different wells have different times, right? So not every well is like, okay, it's always three months. It's always four months. Different wells behaved differently. And so they were able to use the ED data to trigger and say, hey, like the inspector, you should probably go out there and take a look because we're starting to see that rise again in, um, in gastro cases. Yeah, so it's cool. just amazing that now a hospital can plan, a, plan for this, but then also use that data to inform how the city can help lower the number of ED visits and keep, their, keep the population healthy, which has nothing to do with traditional health, if you think about it. Like, <laughs> why is the hospital getting involved in public works? Yeah. But, but using the power of GIS, they were able to find this linkage that would previously have probably gone unnoticed. Yeah. Well, if you're a nonprofit health system, you should care about that stuff, right? So it is interesting too. Uh, and maybe I'm just, uh, I have a healthcare uh, marketing brain right now because his, our HitMIC conference just finished up. But, you know, the other one I really like is Esri Tapestry Solution, which, you know, I would describe as, as, as marketing community as basically taking all the data and creating these marketing personas. And as I thought about it, I was like, what was a marketing persona before? It's really just a big guess. Now, sometimes it's educated because you do patient interviews or customer interviews to understand, you know, but your, your level of data is either your lived experience, right? Your interviews with, you know, the people in your organization and or the customers, but then you're kind of guessing. And what if you interviewed the wrong people, right? Then you got the wrong personas and then it's not good. Well, the way they use tapestry that you can use all the data to do it across a much larger population, something that you couldn't do, you know, with just an interview style, you know, there's just not enough time to do that, but we have all this data from external sources, from internal sources combined together to then say, here's the personas that want bariatric surgery in this hospital, or here's the personas that are suffering with this condition or whatever it might be. And so, you know, that is an incredible thing for marketers to be able to dive in there and really understand their personas and know who they should market to. But 
more importantly, how should they market to? What is their preference? What is their, you know, what things would actually burn them out, right? And say, oh, I don't like this organization. They don't understand me. And that's one of the beauties of GIS is you can really personalize the marketing to show I care about you at an individual level. Yeah, like one of the examples I, I cite all the time is an older one, right? But it's from Mount Sinai, South Nassau. And, and what they were able to do is map GIS data and identify uh, area populations or parts of their community who are not coming into their facilities, right? And they're, they're a, they're a uh, Medicare, Medicaid, um, you know, hospital. Um, so, you know, they, they, because what they found was some people, they just weren't aware that that their hospital was actually closer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it's just awareness issue. Um, and in other cases, they found that their competitor essentially was marketing more expensive services uh, at their facilities elsewhere because there was a belief that uh, NASA didn't provide them, right? And so by using this GIS data, they were able to identify pockets and areas and communities where they were not getting anyone coming into their facilities. And so they were able to target their marketing much more effectively. So rather than blanketing an entire zone and wasting money essentially on people who are already very familiar and coming into their organization, they really hyper-focused on these specific communities, speaking to them in, in their uh, language, speaking to them culturally in a culturally uh, appropriate way to get them to come to their facility. And it was an extremely successive, uh, successive uh, marketing uh, uh, campaign. Yeah. Well, and one of the things I, I, I realized, so, you know, from talking there is that if you get the GIS data, right. And, and the data overlays, like the marketing decisions are easy. <laughs> if you know that 80% of the population is Jewish or is Muslim, well, then you, you're not going to put someone in <laughs> an ad that's Hispanic, right? <laughs> or, you know, whatever, right? And so you, you'll put someone that looks like them, you know, that, that looks like a Muslim, maybe someone that's hooded or, you know, whatever it might be. So that then you're, you know, you look at that and you're like, well, of course you'll do that when you see the data. But of course, if you don't have the data, it's not so obvious, right? But, you know, so like the hard work is actually getting the data to the right place. So then the marketing decisions are easy. Right, right. And I think, John, that's really it all the time we have. I and mean, we wish we could talk about GIS for the rest of the afternoon here. But uh, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hong, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lane. Thanks for listening and have a great week.